Not content with your content? You've come to the right place. The Discontent Show with Joe Kuzma. Every brand starts with a story. Here's how you can grow your business by sharing it. Now with today's topic, the host of The Discontent Show, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Discontent Show. My name is Joe Kuzma, and today I've got a hot topic for you. It's probably been something that's been big in the news for quite some time right now, and I know we've all heard the term before. That term is clickbait, and I think you've probably heard it by another name, which is fake news, Although it kind of gets confused and drummed up with that term because, you know, you've heard me throw that word around or those words around here on the show before. And I thought to myself, you know, I hadn't really explained what clickbait is, how it might differ from the quote fake news that's out there. And also, you know, there are some benefits. There are some actual tactics that have kind of all come under this umbrella of clickbait that aren't all too bad. But then there are some, I mean, just some just shady things that some people do just to try and get that click. And that's exactly what clickbait is. It is trying to bait you into clicking on an article. Usually it's something that's on social media. You know, you're perusing Facebook, you're perusing Twitter, you see an article and there's always a sensational headline. It's always done in so many words to get your attention. But lo and behold, this isn't anything that's really new. Um, I mean, this is what was done with newspapers, except we didn't have the term, you know, uh, news bait or buy bait. You know, you see uh, a newspaper, you see the front page, the top half of the front page to be very specific with the masthead and the big headlines. And it's meant to get you to buy the newspaper. Well, this is clickbait, essentially. I mean, uh, magazines, anything that has a cover on it or a label, that's what it's trying to entice you to do. So it's trying to get you to click. And the reason these websites want you to click is they're gaining some popularity. They may even impulse you to like or share or retweet or, or whatever, engage, uh, comment, just engage and help amplify that in order to get more clicks, obviously, because those clicks, when you land on their website, lead to website revenue. Uh, usually it's a pittance. And as we know, um, you know, these days, not every website is making a whole bunch of money off of advertising and advertising alone can't support most of the publishing model that's out there. So we're, we're in trying times as far as the internet versus traditional publishing. But you can see that even the more reputable news sources that are out there, big network TV stations or big newspapers, longtime magazines, they all kind of, they've all kind of fallen into this. In fact, to the point where if you click on one of their articles, you'll see that the headline that you just saw on Facebook, for example, that maybe your friend shared or came across because you follow that uh, specific page. It's not the same headline on Facebook as it is on the website. They're two completely different things, and that's because they're trying to bait you. And there's tactics to be able to do that too, but I don't know that we're going to necessarily get into that today. It's a little bit more advanced. If you have the proper SEO tools, like if you're using something like WordPress, it could be a little more easier if you're kind of doing some things by hand, uh, maybe next to impossible. So don't worry about just trying to, ooh, well, I'll do this and, and pull a fast one on someone and change the headline on my actual article now because it's kind of a lowbrow tactic and it may it may end up getting your hands slapped. So 
Uh, this is some of the components that you may see when it comes to clickbait, just further, you know, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just some content that's on your site. I mean, it could be anything from a story to an interview to just a, a video, anything, a, a, a meal recipe. Uh, so it, it doesn't really matter the content, but what it usually ends up occurring here is, is you got a, a compelling headline or something that's very catchy, very eye-catching uh, with a photo uh, that attached to the article a lot of times it's something that can be easily skimmable and that's something we don't want our content to be if you've ever heard me say anything here usually it should be broken up and designed in such a way that it's easily consumable because if you make too long of an article people are just going to fly by it and then boom they're out anyways and you gain nothing of that all you've done is wasted your own time and effort and energy and putting in this great piece of work that no one's going to read and it's frustrating and this is the reason why people usually fall into this clickbait thing anyways let me rewind this real quick because i mentioned something about fake news before i mentioned some well here funny memorable images or video uh something that's humorous you know something that appeals to emotions or intended to encourage social sharing these are the the elements of like clickbait but fake news in and of itself that's where i was going to rewind to just so you could differentiate the two and some people call clickbait fake news or or fake news, clickbait. Fake news is usually something that's maybe intellectually dishonest. Usually it's a piece of journalism or reporting that is not saying all the facts, or it's just plain, flat-out satire. It's made up, and it's phony. And sometimes it's very hard to differentiate those. I mean, back in the day, The Onion was the fake newspaper of the internet, and it, you know, it was done just like any other, you know, tabloid-type magazine, but uh, a little more over the top. And, you know, everybody knows National Enquirer or, you know, even, what is it, the World Newspaper, you know, the black-and-white one at the grocery store that had Bat Boy and stuff on it. That's kind of where some of that was going. Well, some of these other websites are just, you know, completely off the rails where you cannot, you can't tell the difference between them. And so that'd be a bad thing if you have like a business, a brand, you're starting your own blog or something of that nature and you get associated with that. That's why you got to be careful with clickbait. And I'm actually going into some of the things that are good and some that are bad. And just so you know, it's, uh, the, the obvious benefit here is is that you want more people to view your content, that you want people to go to your website. That's always the goal with everything. And you should have some sort of compelling or catchy headline. And this is the this is usually where people struggle, even myself, is trying to write something in such a way that people are going to click on it. Well, what you don't want to do is make it just too, too, too sensational to where it just falls off the rails. It doesn't relate to the topic. You know, the same thing I just said where it doesn't connect with this actual, you click on it and then you're like, here's a different headline. And I'm not even sure this is the same thing I, I clicked on. But a lot of times when you're writing these type of headlines, um, you're, you know, your, your goal is to get more people to see it or your goal is to get more people to engage with. And that means, you know, like, share, retweet, comment. So then it, you know, gets a little more momentum. These social media networks maybe promote it a bit more. It gets seen in, on more people's profiles and timelines and things of that nature, which only give you more page views in theory. I say that in theory because sometimes you could write the greatest headline and a lot of times one of the tactics I like to use is writing a question. And if you ask a question, people are more prone to answer the headline and answer your question in the comments 
Then, and you could tell they never ever read the topic that you just wrote on. It's very frustrating, and it's something that I don't want to say you want to avoid questions, but you got to be careful, and you got to if you make a headline a question, you do so knowing this risk, and you also just kind of look the other way because it's going to be very frustrating. You're going to get angry, and you're going to be very compelled to reply to these people like, "Hey, did you even read this?" And I understand as a content creator, that's probably the worst that you put a lot of time into this. And especially if this is something that's in addition, you're building this platform to promote something else, you've already got all this other stress. So just, you know, write yourself a little note and just say, forget it <laughs> and just, just let it go. Because if a question is the best thing you have for a headline, then go for it. I'm not saying you shouldn't use it, but just beware. There are some pitfalls there uh, and people are going to just, you know, go that direction. Um, whenever you appeal to someone's emotions or there's something that's like a hot topic out there, that's also quite possible. So it's not just exclusive to questions. And I've found that, you know, this is the reason why you don't put all your eggs in one basket. I have the five pillars of my content marketing and all the various things that I've mentioned on other podcasts, uh, other episodes of this show, as well as over on the blog, is because not everybody's on Facebook, not everybody's on Twitter, not everyone's on, you know, Instagram. Instagram. Not everyone's on all of these different platforms. And then once you've got that funnel and you've got everybody into that platform, then how do you get them to see it? So your potential audience continues to dwindle down if you picture like an inverted pyramid to where you finally get a click. So you could have something that gets 10,000 views and only in, uh, you know, on Facebook, for example, it reaches 10,000 people. You see it right there in 50 shares or something. And then you go and you look at like your analytics for your page views and then it did like 1,300 page views, and that's just because that's the way things tend to work. People have a very short attention span. We all do. I'm guilty of it too. You keep on scrolling. Uh, you may it may get seen in a timeline. You may even respond to it with a comment. Other than that, where else does it go? Some people aren't as compelled to just click. Um, so you know, there's different reasons people are going to click. I mean. You could definitely use some different tactics, and there's some from the work of this renowned psychologist. His name's Paul Ekman, and he come up with a few here, especially when it has to deal with it's his six primary emotions that are associated with social-friendly content, and they are, in no particular order, fear, anger, sadness, disgust, joy, and surprise. And you probably already felt all of those and can almost picture something that you've seen in the last week, at least if not the last day or two, that attributes to each of those emotions. Once again, that's fear, anger, sadness, disgust, joy, and surprise. And if you happen to do some of that, you know, obviously if you do something that's fear, anger, sadness, or disgust, those first four are kind of all negative, right? Or they can bring negative things with them. So there's another thing that you want to think about when when trying to clickbait or write like a clickbait headline uh, for your work. And, and let me be very clear, too, that clickbait in and of itself it really does mean attracting someone to click on and go to your content, go to your website and, and view and read or see whatever it is that you have created because uh, your actual content it shouldn't be clickbaity. If you send somebody there and you wrote like a couple sentences, embedded a tweet, or if you have a YouTube video and it's your own YouTube video, 
or you know you have something like that there or it's a podcast uh, and you have like additional content there's a value to that that's good but I'm talking about like if you put something that's somebody else's video and they could have just found this somewhere else and you've basically cheated someone out of their time to come to your site to basically not see much of anything or by all means I'm going to get the lists here in a second. But if you do one of these things where you have to click 30 times to see the top 30, uh, you know, male leads in a science fiction movie, <laughs> people get disgusted with that type of stuff. They may remember your, you know, .com name or whatever and never come back. So keep that in mind as well because you definitely don't want to tick off your preferred audience and you know, one thing I like to do is lists. There's usually something you could do like X ways to, you know, slice bread or, you know, five ways to slice bread. Uh, anything that has like a number like that, generally that appeals to people and it's not a negative type of connotation. If you happen to have everything on one page and it's somewhat brief, it's very good. But once again, we go back to my breaking up content. If you have five ways to slice bread in each of those five you know, lists or, or bullet items ends up being like six, 700 words. You should probably make that a series of blog posts as opposed to just throwing all of it in there and ending up with almost 3000 words by the time you're done with it. And you're probably inserting photos and things of that nature. And it scrolls forever, especially if you're on a skinny, small little smartphone screen and you know, people that's small type, people aren't going to read all that. And unfortunately 65 to 70% of your web traffic now is coming from these smartphones. So you have to keep that in mind too when you're dealing with lists. Uh, another benefit of clickbait obviously is increasing your brand awareness and that results obviously in more page views and social shares. I think that goes without really saying and getting more into depth with. But the pitfalls, the down, the downside of doing this clickbait, aside from the things I've already mentioned, you know, you're talking about negative publicity, the sensationalism, the whole thing about hearing fake news, Facebook getting in trouble and trying to limit the amount of fake news that's out there. The sensationalism is, you know, long in the tooth. It's getting old. It's, you know, it, it was really a hot fad, and that's why you saw it everywhere just even a couple of years ago. So if you're getting on this train right now and you're trying to be the new, I kind of equate this to, you know, in the 90s, remember, everything was like extreme this, extreme that. I think there was like extreme Mountain Dew. There was extreme pro wrestling. There was extreme, I don't know, extreme sports, X Games, you know. The word extreme has kind of fizzled out. This is kind of the same deal here where the the clickbait thing you're getting in on the back end of it so you don't want to be too sensational because you know the, there's always there's only one way you can you be be a shock jock like a Howard Stern you know that only works like basically one time everybody that's basically come after that guy uh you don't surprise anyone then because you know he was kind of the trailblazer with that so you're not really going to be too earth-shattering unless you find a particular niche or something that, you know, you upset the apple cart there. So keep that in mind. Um, I also talked about misleading clickbait. Uh, you know, if it's misleading and it has the wrong facts or it's misleading and it goes to the wrong uh, kind of article content or it's somebody – basically when somebody sees or reads or sees your posts out there – 
they should know what they're going to get when they click. And if they get something else than what they're expecting, that's going to upset them. So they're probably going to leave your website almost immediately. And then they may never come back. And in fact, if it's something that's so bad, you may even get somebody that drops in the comments that says, ah, don't even go and do that. So, um, just remember, there's one thing I'm always telling people that, all of these numbers with all these different page views and, you know, everybody wants to have, you know, a million website visitors and they want to have 10,000 likes on their post and things of that nature. If you're doing this as a form of marketing, I, you know, I'm advocating content marketing here and not so much sometimes, it, you know, I sound like at the hobby end of it because in many aspects, they share the same different, you know, characteristics. And you're doing this oftentimes for little or no pay or, or reward. You're basically you're building something that's there in hopes to get somebody to come back to buy your product, buy your service. The vanity numbers associated with page likes, page views, this and that. You could have a thousand people. You have a store. You have a thousand people come in for your grand opening, right? And you only sell like ten item, ten people buy something. That's not very good, right? But if you were able to qualify how many people come in, and let's say you qualify 100 people instead of just broadcasting and trying to get as many as possible through that door, you know, there's some of the people that are like, oh, you know, this place is too busy. I'm going to go, I'll go another day, or I'm not, maybe they don't come back at all. And this works much in the same way with the clickbait stuff, with your website, with your content marketing. You're trying to qualify and find uh, good customers. So then out of that 100, if you qualify them and you end up with 20 or 25 that are good, <laughs> then you know you see where I'm going with all of that. So just be careful with all of the clickbait that's out there. Uh, you know, everybody wants their little piece of, of attention. You want to write some headlines that aren't so boring that people just go right on by. But at the same time, you have to be careful uh, or you, you, want, you don't want people to go by. So you want to be careful, though. You don't also want to offend them in any way and uh, create your own problems because there's still such a thing as negative publicity no matter what they say out there. You don't want that associated with your brand or business. So I hope this was helpful. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, welcome back all of my returning listeners. Welcome new listeners. Uh, once again, if you have any uh, ideas for me, anything you want to hear on the show at all, just uh, shoot me a message over on my website, JoeKuzma.com. Until next time, my name is Joe Kuzma. I encourage all of my listeners to always be safe, be good, and I'll catch you later. Hi, folks. This is Joe Kuzma. <laughs> no, don't worry. You're not hearing things twice. I'm just here to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to today's show and being a follower and subscriber of the Discontent Podcast. And I want to remind you that if you're interested in more information about all the various things it is that I do, whether it be about this show, content marketing, or you want to ask a question, you may visit me at joekuzma.com. That's J-O-E-K-U-Z-M-A dot com. Or you can follow me as well on Facebook. Make sure you get the page and not the personal profile. Sorry, it's only for friends and family. Also on Twitter at Joe underscore Kuzma, LinkedIn or Instagram. Also, don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe, whether that be on iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss out on any of the great episodes that we have. Once again, thank you again for your support. And I look forward, as always, to speaking and interacting with each of you again soon.